Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Want to go to Greece together? No, seriously. How about the spring of 2023? That's right. My favorite yogi, Jose Portillo, and I are back. We are hosting our first international yoga wellness life coaching retreat in Greece. And you can pre-register to be one of the first people to apply. We are only taking 10 people and I would love for you to be one of them. So to stay in the know, visit www.letscreateyourfate.com and get on that list to apply. See you in Greece. Welcome to today's episode of Create Your Fate Podcast. I am your host, Life Coach Meg Ellis, and I have a wonderful treat for y'all today. We have former educator plus soul cycle instructor turned entrepreneur extraordinaire Callie House is in the house. <laughs> How are you, Callie? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Oh my gosh. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm so excited. I always love talking to, well, one, I always love talking to other soul cycle instructors. And I also love talking to other entrepreneurs, so I'm super excited for this conversation. I'm very excited, too. Yeah. So you are in D.C. Tell us mm-hmm. a little, give us a little background on you. Like, how'd you end up there? Are you from there? Give us your whole, yeah. your whole story. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So currently I'm living in Arlington, Virginia, actually, but it's much easier for people to understand D.C. I'm like 10 minutes outside <laughs> of there. Yeah. Um, we call it the DMV in this area, but a lot of people confuse that with um, the motor vehicle place that you go to. Right. So which and nobody, nobody wants to go there. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to go there. So it's like a whole fight that we've had with SoulCycle for so long for calling this place the DMV. And they're like, people, anyway, sidebar. <laughs> I grew up about an hour away from DC, the city. I grew up in like a very small town uh, in Maryland and went to college, honestly, not that far from there and was a teacher back home which I'm sure we might get into a little bit and yeah. then discovered soul cycle and soul cycle was about 45 minutes from where I lived in Bethesda, Maryland. So I would travel and take class there. And once I got into soul cycle instructor training, like it was end game. I knew I wanted to be in the DC market. Yeah. So that's how I ended up here. So I moved here about five years ago. I lived in Bethesda a little bit and then during the pandemic moved to Virginia. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and what was it about soul cycle? Cause you were teaching at the time. So tell us yeah. about, I guess, the life before SoulCycle. What did that look like? You know, gosh, it's so hard to, it sounds so silly, but it was almost hard to remember what my life was like then because it was such a different life I was living. Yeah. So um, I was still living at home with my parents, which I am like all for. If you can do it and save the money and you have a good relationship, <laughs> I'm like milk that shit. Can I cuss? Yes. You can say whatever you want on here. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then, um, so I was a fifth grade teacher before I was a soul cycle instructor. It's insane. Uh, And it took me a while to actually get my own classroom. So I was like doing like the subbing thing and like that was miserable. And uh, then I finally got my own classroom. At the time I was doing influencing like fitness influencing, which like kind of was like the start of being influencer life, whatever, whatever. Uh, and that's how I found soul cycle. So, um, yeah, it's pretty nuts. I was just teaching every day, you know, fifth grade and not really loving my life. I had crazy anxiety, like every Sunday night before I went back to school Mm -hmm. and kids don't deserve that. I didn't deserve that. I was way too young to be feeling that way. And I felt very trapped. And then I went to soul cycle in New York and I was like, I want to make this my job. So I started riding once a week because it's all I can manage with my schedule. Yeah. And um, 
I guess you'd say the rest is history. I don't know how much further we're going to dive into that. But life was before SoulCycle was a much slower pace, cookie cutter, like life I was living, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And that's that's great for some people, right? They they kind yeah. of there's a lot of people who want that cookie cutter life. Um, but it, it sounds like at some point in time you realize, I don't really want this cookie cutter life. Whoa, what would it be like? I mean, and also boutique fitness, you've been teaching for what? You said five? Um, almost five years, yeah. Five years. Five years ago, boutique fitness was not like a thing. It was still kind of up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, it's very interesting to to leave something so stable, you know, especially teaching, education, into, mm-hmm. okay, what does boutique fitness even look like and what can I do with it to be successful with it? But so talk to me about these Sunday scaries that really mm-hmm. led you to make this decision and this jump. Yeah. Um, so I will say I was for, I taught my own classroom for two full years. So my first year I was, I was already doing the whole fitness influencing thing mm-hmm. like on Instagram before I even had my own classroom. So at that point, I was really starting to realize like my passion was starting to be in fitness. Mm-hmm. It's just like what made me happy, like what made me excited. And teaching was just kind of like paying the bills, I guess you'd say, but does it really because teachers get paid horribly. There's paying but, some, some bills. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, but I was living at home, so I was fortunate. Yeah. But um, I just, it would ruin my entire weekend. Uh, at the time, my boyfriend he lived like an hour away from me. So I would only get to see him on the weekends and it would pretty much ruin our entire Sunday because I would be so stressed about going back to work. And it wasn't just like what I was doing. It was just that I had this feeling that it was like wrong for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was very fortunate that I started making money on Instagram and I felt like I had this cushion that once I started thinking about what is it I want to do, my whole first year, I didn't find SoulCycle. So my second year is when I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I like auditioned multiple times during like I literally missed school picture day <laughs> to take a train to New York to do my very first audition. And oh I had to gosh. lie about it. Yeah. How'd, how'd that go? How'd the audition go? And, and how, did, um, how did lying to your, uh, your job go? <laughs> yeah. So I just was like not in my class picture which, you know, it is what it is. And I knew that. And it was a, like, it's, I was following my dream. Mm-hmm. So I went up, I took the train. It was like a literally a 24 hour thing. And it was the first round. I don't know like how much we can talk about this, but it was yeah, the first round it. where they did the chorus line mm-hmm. for auditions. So my experience I think was more seamless than I think people like right before me mm-hmm. because they did the like group one, then you make it to round two. Like I didn't have to sit there for four hours through and like, watch everybody. everybody. Yeah. So they bring you in and they basically assess like the whole group mm-hmm. who can ride on beat. Let's start there. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then they say, okay, half of y'all you leave. And then the second people yeah, get, to get to go actually be like, up on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so I made it to the second round, which was exciting. It was mm-hmm. actually a very small group of us that made it to the second round. It was like maybe 20 of us. And what's so cool is I'm still friends with people from that audition who like aren't even soul cycle instructors. Yeah. But, um, after that I didn't get it, but they offered to put me in the soul recruit program. Mm-hmm. So what that means it, which I don't think it exists anymore. God, I hope I'm not getting in trouble saying all this, but, um, <laughs> We'll have um, Evelyn's yeah. coming on in a couple of weeks. She'll be fine with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So basically um, they saw potential in me, but I just like wasn't there yet, which honestly right. in my life worked better because I would have I really had to figure that out with teaching. Mm-hmm. And then I 
basically gave them my schedule every week and I was teaching for three months. So like from like April till the end of the school year, driving to DC right after school every day and taking a class. Like it was nuts what I was doing. Um, and then auditions were that summer thought I was like golden and I didn't get in and I was devastated. Uh, and then I had a decision to make, you know, I was like, do I want to keep doing this or do I, you know, want to pursue something else? And at the time I had already put in my leave of absence. It's so crazy. I literally was like a retired teacher at like 26. <laughs> That's nice. Um, that must be feel good to say. I retired yeah, at 26. Yeah, it's crazy. So I, um, at the end of the year, I really thought I was going to get in the summer, like in the summer auditions. And so at the end of the school year, I, you know, I talked to my family, I talked to my boyfriend, talked to myself. And I was just like, I have enough money that I'm making on Instagram. This is where I had the like insane privilege to do this mm -hmm. because I was making that extra cushion. Um, I knew that I could, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I knew that I could sustain the life I was like living at the time to get me to getting into training in the fall. And then yeah. I didn't get into training in the fall. So and it was an interesting time. And I'll time. back it up just to say. Yeah, sorry. For, no, no, no. Uh, if, if people, and again, I'm like, I don't know how much of this we can share, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it, to go train at SoulCycle, you literally had, at the time, you had to pick up your whole life and move to New York for yep. three months. And it was like, you're on your own kid kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. they, they pay you a little bit of money to for your training hours. But other than that, you are on your own for how you get there, how you live. Um, all expenses are up to you. So saving up a bunch of money to be able to do that, yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, you know, I did the same thing and was lucky enough to have friends who lived in the city. So I mm -hmm. just stayed with them. And that otherwise, I would have never been able to do that. But so, yeah, you're planning, okay, this is perfect timing. I can be gone from my job, take this leave of absence, be gone yep. for a couple months, and then womp. Oh. Yep. So where are you at now? Like, how are you feeling? So that was August. Um, and I already wasn't going back for the fall school year. Mm -hmm. Like I already put in all that stuff. Like, and yeah, I definitely put all my eggs in that basket, but also most things were leading me towards thinking that that was going to be the case. And, you know, sometimes timing just isn't right. And, um, I had a really good support system down here with the DC instructors who, um, really helped me out. And they were just like, right now, like we maybe don't need somebody casting wise like you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just had to make the decision, like, is it something I really want or is this just like not right for me? And it's so silly. But the day I was still in New York when I found out I didn't get it, I was literally devastated. And I went and took Tramel's class. If people listening like know SoulCycle, Tramel's like amazing. Amazing. And he's the, he's the reason I started Soul in general because he's the first person I ever rode with. And um, I was like, oh, I was booked into his class already before I was leaving town. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go take Tramel because if anything's going to give me the answer, it's literally riding in his class. So I went and like literally within the first song, I was like, yeah, I meant to do this. Like they fucked up and I'm going to do it again. And soul recruits all out the door. Like luckily, um, I knew all these people from riding so much for the past three months that most people would like help me out and like guess me into their class. But it really, it just switched in my brain of like, now it's just for me to prove that like, this is what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then I auditioned time three that November and got it. <laughs> awesome. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Um, and most people, I think audition four times is, is what I hear is the average. Oh, really? Yeah. I've always, I don't know if that's actual fact-based <laughs> fact, but I always heard it on average, most people audition four times. So 
you saved yourself, you know. Under How many that times cut. did you audition? I'm just curious. I actually got it on the first try, but <laughs> I will say it was because Houston was in dire need of instructors, right? Yeah. I think they honestly make you audition multiple times just to see if you'll come back and you're dedicated to them. It's it's like a real it's a real test, I think. Um, so I'm happy I did it. I'm happy yeah. I went back. Obviously, mm-hmm. here yeah. we are. Right. But. Yeah. It, I, I honestly do think it's a test that they do that. But Houston, like, I think we had two studios at the time and all these instructors were leaving. Um, the main girl, Kat, who's amazing. Um, and she's she's a, she was like my Tremel. Where I'm like, oh, my God, Kat's amazing. She was going on maternity leave. They had nobody. And I had already taught for, I think, five years at that time. So wow. it was it worked out. But um, yeah. So you when you auditioned in November, you're not taking a leave of absence in January, are you? Or how how did that all work out? No. So basically when I – so the June that I – like school, the school year ended, mm-hmm. I approached my principal and was like, I'm not returning next year. I have this opportunity. And I basically played it as, as if I already got the cycle job because they don't – nobody from where I'm from even knows what cycle is. Right. <laughs> they're and, like, wow. um, <laughs> You're going to ride bikes? Okay. Yeah. They're like for a living. And I'm like – it's a long story. Anyway, <laughs> so I had to put it in for the following school year. Okay, so the whole year, not like just yeah. one little okay semester. Okay, yeah. So it. I put because that's because I was like banking on like that was going to be my job. So you know, definitely when the new year started, I was very grateful. So I found out I auditioned November, found out December, and training started in February. Mm-hmm, so okay. I had like that little cushion of time, but yeah. finally it was going to be like on track for where I thought I was going to be like six months prior. Right, right. Isn't that always so funny when you look back and it's funny, I was actually just talking to one of my friends who is going to be into the next round of auditions. Very cool. And he auditioned before and then, you know, things happened with training and COVID and all this like messy stuff. And I was actually describing a situation that I was recently in with SoulCycle and I was like, whatever, everything always works out for my highest good. Like it's always perfect timing. And he's like, wait, do you really believe that? Because he's now going to audition for Soul Cycle and Train, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go record this podcast. But like, long story short, yes, it does. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, it yeah. really does. And you think about even the relationships you made and the timing uh, of your training. It was really meant for you. And mm-hmm. how would your experience be so different if you had done that six months earlier? You know. I know. I totally agree. I think timing is everything. As I mean, especially in this job. But I think timing is everything in life. Um, I know it sounds so cliche and so silly, but I don't think I'd be where I am if I did get into the group six months before, because I think I really had to prove to myself how bad I wanted it. And not only that, but like people in my life to soul cycle to whoever that it just made it so much better when I got it, because I knew that like, I really had to work for it. And I really had to like go inside and be like, is this what I want to be doing? Mm -hmm. Um, which I think, like you said, goes back to like them testing people to come back more than once. Um, so, yeah, no, I trust the timing of everything. And like I loved my group so much. And I actually have really good relationships with the group before me who I would have been in with. But I think it all works out. And now I have people from both groups that I love, you know, yeah, it's like you got like uh, you got double, you know, yeah, double, know. double of what you wanted. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. I've, I've got like so many questions. Let's back it up to, you know, because I know there's so many people out there who your story resonates with where, you know, this doesn't feel right for me. Like teaching did not feel right for you. And 
they don't know what is right for them, but it's like, I, I don't know where I want to go, but I just know that this is not it. Right? Yeah. What advice would you have for them to even find out what is for them and, and how to make a move? You know, it's it's funny because I get this, or I used to get this question a lot when I first like made the leap. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me was figuring out what I didn't want to do. And I don't know if that's like good advice or whatever advice to somebody, but I like started thinking about, okay, I want to be in fitness. That's where I like knew I wanted to go, but I had no clue what I wanted to do in fitness. Mm -hmm. And then I slowly started eliminating, well, like I don't want to be a personal trainer. Like that would not make me happy. And then I started taking this class at the gym uh, called body pump. It's like, Oh yeah. I used to love body pump. I'm telling you, I had like back muscles. Body (laughs) pump was like my favorite thing to do. I did it twice a week. I loved my instructor. Um, I'm still honestly sad that I don't do it, but I live too far away. However, I was like, oh my gosh, this would be so fun. But like, that's not a full-time job. Like Mm -hmm. I was trying to make it my full-time job. And I really started thinking, I'm like, and at the time I also like doing like the body combat. So I like like boxing. So I was like, do I want to be a boxing instructor? And then I was like, that doesn't exist down here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, how am I going to do that? I don't want to do yoga. You know, there were a lot of things I didn't want to do. Yeah. And it didn't, it took me taking soul cycle to be like, wait, it's to the beat of the music. Like I hate cardio, but like, I like this version of cardio and it just felt like, and then I started like asking around and I was like, wait, like this can be your full-time job. Like this is nuts. Um, so that's kind of like the way I did. I kind of went backwards instead of being like, this is what I want to do. I kind of started thinking about all the things I didn't want to do, which led me to like the very small amount of things that maybe I could do. Yeah. So I was like, I want full-time, I want group fitness And I want the music to be an important part of it. So that's what I did. But for people who are trying to like just navigate, I'd say maybe start there. Start thinking about what makes you excited. Mm -hmm. Because that was the thing. Like I got so excited to go to SoulCycle. Like to the point where, you know, it was the best part of my week. Like you have to start paying attention to the things in your life that do that for you. If you're really trying to like follow your passion in life Mm -hmm. and what makes you excited. Because like, you could follow a lot of things for a check. You could follow a lot of things just for, I don't know what people might think is cool. But like at the end of the day, like if you're passionate about it, like I truly think you're going to make it happen. And that's where like, you just have to jump. I know it sounds so cliche and so easy because like, yes, I had to have my benefits figured out. I had to have all this stuff figured out. Mm -hmm. But like, I believe that if you want something bad enough, like, you're going to figure it out and you kind of like almost have no choice. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, what is the alternative option? It's like, Oh my gosh, I was the same way. You know, I was a dental hygienist actually for way too long. It was (laughs) gross, but it was safe. It was secure, but I knew, okay, I'm not meant to do this forever. Yeah. But you know, making that jump is, is scary. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose all of these things, right? Um, you know, a, a good salary and, and benefits and all these things. Uh, stability, security, an actual job that people think is a job because riding bikes, like right. try explaining yeah. that to your parents. They're like, wait, what do you do? And, um, you know, it, every day just keeps getting like more miserable and miserable and miserable to the point yeah. where I would sit there and be like 11 a.m. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot stay here any longer. So yeah. Your time actually gets more miserable the longer you stay in something that is not for you. Mm-hmm. And it becomes quite unbearable, you know? Yeah, 
Totally. And like you said with the safety, like it was definitely, and I'm sure you know the same thing too. Like even if you get into soul cycle training, that doesn't guarantee that you still get the job. Like it's kind of nuts. You go through the eight or 10 weeks or whatever it is. And like, you could still fail. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's also the gamble too, that I'm having to explain to my parents like, Oh, by the way, like I'm moving to New York. I'm paying (laughs) to live there for two months. And at the end, I still might not get it. Like, and they're, you know, like, that's crazy. And like, talk about like job security. You're like, what? (laughs) Um, But I totally get what you're saying. Because I would feel that way with teaching too. You know, and I always look back and like, I loved my kids. Like, I would much rather just like talk to them. I worked at like a title one school. So, you know, I had kids that didn't have like the best home lives. So like almost they never missed school. And um, I just like thought it was more fun to just like sit and like, hang out with them and like obviously they would learn and stuff but it was I like making lesson plans like all that stuff like it's really easy to want to like phone it in and unfortunately or or fortunately teaching is a job where you just like really can't do that yeah you have to be very there all day long it's a lot of energy exchange with all those kids and kids energy is like I mean fifth graders now what they're exposed to what they know (laughs) I'm like Oh my gosh. I know. So, I, I look back, I'm like, I swear I did not look like that in fifth grade. I was like, no, no. What? Social media for sure. Yeah. But it's gotta be. Yeah. Unbearable days. Like once you start feeling that way, you have to start assessing what is going to be better for your life. Because mm-hmm. I started sitting there and I was like, I'm how old was I at the time? I was like 25, 26. And I was just like, whoa, I am way too young to be this miserable. Like I would look at people that I worked with who were miserable and I'd be like, so I can change this whenever I want. Like, why not just do it? I just have to be brave enough to do it. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's an interesting concept, like brave enough to do what's right for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, it's a big thing because you have to be brave to overcome all that fear that keeps you stuck in what is not right for you, you know, mm-hmm. And honestly, it, is, it doesn't even have to be this thing that you like Sunday scaries you hate doing. I'm going to bring in the story that we talked about your old social media page. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which that was thriving. Right. It was it was great. But you yeah. at some point said, you know what, this is not right for me anymore. So yeah. walk us through that transition of, you know, not even leaving something that's terrible and miserable, but just something that, you know, is, hey, this is just not right for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So like I said, I over t- I used to do BBG for anybody listening. If you know what that uh, Kayla Cena's bikini body guide. Yes, I and, love her. <laughs> and so I somehow through posting and all this stuff because it was just so much easier back then with the algorithm to grow and to like mm-hmm. tag and hashtags and all this stuff. And um, I somehow just grew my Instagram. It was nuts, crazy. I didn't even know that was possible and was making money off of it had so many great friends it's why i found soul cycle and over time like i reached like over a hundred thousand followers which is obviously like very exciting and very cool opens a lot of doors um but you know over time i will say like obviously like brands also started getting smart like it's not about the followers it's about the engagement Mm -hmm. and over time my engagement just like went to shit. And that was a lot for me. Um, I wish I could sit here and be like, I'm such a big person that it didn't bother me. But like, it obviously bothered me because at once I was like thriving and then it was really difficult. Yeah, and you're like, what happened? Like, what's and wrong I always, with me? Right. I always felt like I was like playing catch up or trying to like do what other people were doing. And I was just like, this is not serving me. This is not making me happy. I, it was like 
oh my gosh, what am I posting today? Or, oh my, like I get to the end of the day and be like, I didn't post today. Like, oh no. And you just like see the followers going down or like the likes. And then I was telling you when I did work with brands, I would get so much anxiety about sending them my, um, gosh, I haven't done it in so long. I can't even think about what the metrics word is. or, um, yeah, like all of my analytics, like, yeah, analytics. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I literally completely forgot what it was. Um, the analytics, like after that, like we already agreed, they already like knew what my engagement was, but mm-hmm. just that was just too much for me. And I am somebody who like, I like to think I'm a pretty creative person. So like I liked using Instagram as a creative outlet, creating content, like all that stuff and also helping people. Like I loved do- doing that, but it got to a point where Instagram changed, where it was more about like, no one cared about long captions. No one cared about like, um, all the details of your life. Yeah. And that shift for where I was just wasn't good. Um, sorry, this is a really roundabout way of getting here. No, this but is basically, good. This, this is the juice. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. But basically, I was thinking about it hard for a few months and I was like, what if I just restarted a brand new Instagram and just let this one be after my last brand deal? Because it just mentally was so draining. Um, And, you know, the validation you need from social media, like whether you think you say you need it or not, like people pay attention to how many likes they get. Yeah, it it always, honestly, I can't remember. It's like stepping on a scale kind of um, (sighs) thing. Like I can't remember the last time I really felt good about looking at Instagram, you know, likes and views or like it's like you step on that scale. And even if it's that number that you thought was good you're like oh well uh, now uh, on to the next thing you know like I wish it was well, that's this the thing. I was just never satisfied and you know I just I just I don't know what it was I just always would feel like embarrassed I'd be like oh my god someone's gonna stumble on my page and see like I have 100k but like I'm getting like 400 likes they must be like she f- bought her followers yeah which, like not the case but like that was just draining me mm-hmm. in a way that I was like I'm too old to be dealing with this and also like I can start a new one and have fresh like you know, over however I did that for like six years, like you get a lot of bots, you get a lot of weird shit coming yeah. your way. Like I just needed a reset. A lot of trolls. Which, mm-hmm, and a, yeah. And I was fortunate to not have a lot of like negative, you know, backlash on my Instagram, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were like, Callie, that's crazy. Like you have so many followers. What are you doing? Like, so many like a lot of people were just like that would open so many doors like who cares like if your engagement sucks and I was like well I care and like what if I start a new Instagram I get like however many followers and like I genuinely want to work with a brand they'll work with somebody who has like 5k if they're you know a good person that they they, have a good and they care about their yeah they care about their topics and their audience Mm -hmm. I felt lost in what I was doing and um so I just said, screw it. And I, so I literally have like six Instagrams, honestly, at this point, but, um, we'll make sure, we, we'll make answered, sure we tag the right one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I answered anything that you're saying. It was just, it was not serving me. And it was obviously a very big deal to let that go because it was a way I was making money. But towards the end of it, to be honest, like they weren't my management team, like they weren't, they were amazing, but the brands I was working with, they, yeah, they were paying well, but like, it's not something like on the daily, I'd be like, yeah, I really want to share this. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't feel good anymore. Yeah. Like it wasn't authentic to 
Yeah, you know, I and, would never say that I wasn't being authentic because I feel like I was always being myself. I feel like I always have to like stress that to people. It's mm-hmm. just like it wasn't like serving me in a way that it used to. Yeah. Um, in a positive way at all anymore. It was just all anxiety, all stress. And I was like, this is not this isn't worth it. Right. You know? and, and at one point it was right. Right. And that's great. And mm-hmm. It's okay to leave something that is still, you know, great and thriving, but it's okay if it's also like no longer right for you. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny you say that. I feel like I'm at like a weird part of my life just like thinking about that all the time. And I feel like a lot of my friends, I don't know if it's like we're in like a season of change right now, but I feel like a lot of people in my life are talking about that. They're just like, just because it was great for you for the time being doesn't always mean like it's forever, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have to be okay with like leaving it in that space right which like, I am things are you know? seasonal and knowing when to cut them off is I mean personally I'm definitely someone who hangs on to things yeah. way long I'm like give yeah. me a sign and then the sign comes and I'm like well are we sure that's a sign like maybe I'll just like kind yeah. of slowly like fade out of this like that Homer Simpson like backing into the bushes thing like really yeah. slow I'm like let's not just like drop this all because what if you know it's still for me and I'm just you know so learning how to overcome that and really just trust yourself, like, no, this doesn't feel good anymore. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's funny. Cause I'd like to, I'm normally a very indecisive person. Like I just am. I'm also anxious. I'm also stressed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like go to like four different people before like making the decision sometimes, which is something I'm working on. But at the same time, when it came to that, it was just like, I couldn't listen to what anybody else was saying to me because nobody else truly understood mm-hmm. what it felt like to be operating that Instagram. You know, yeah. nobody else did. Right. And like, it's the same thing with being a soul cycle instructor. As much as I can like tell you how my body feels or how emotionally drained I am or mentally drained I am from a job that like, yes, we're, you and I are sitting here talking in the middle of the day. It's incredible. We're not at work. Quote unquote. Yeah. But like, it's, you can't you can't understand it unless you're in it. You right, know? right. Yeah, yeah, and being sympathetic towards other people in that same situation too, you know. I think a lot of people will ask for opinions from other people. It's like you already know you already yeah. know how you feel, but I'm not confident in myself to just make this decision. So let me go ask ten people because mm-hmm. I'm really I'm not really seeking advice. I'm just seeking for affirmation of what I want. But I don't feel confident in making the decision on my own. So let me pull 10 people. And if eight out of the 10 of them agree with me, like, then that's good enough. You know, that's like like, me posting an Instagram picture. Like I sent in the group chat and then like, so I have a group chat of like three other friends and I'll send them a picture, which first of all, they all give me shit because they're like, Callie, your new Instagram is supposed to be like you having fun. And I was like, I still want the picture to be good. Like you guys are ridiculous. (laughs) I know. And then they're like. Okay, I vote this one. They're like, but go ahead and pick the one that you already decided that you were doing. Like, it literally always happens. Yeah. Why do we do that? It's so funny. <laughs> Everybody does it. I do it, too, where it's just you need a little bit of that. I don't even want to say it. I think it's separate than external validation or approval from others. But it's just like this little reassurance almost. Yeah. Of- I mean, because they're the ones that are seeing it. So, like, you know, they'll be honest about how they would react to it. Like, it's a, it's just it's silly. But. We all do it. Right. I have a friend, one of my best friends. I love her to death. But I have learned over our 20-year friendship that if you ask me, hey, like, I like this blue one. Do you like the blue or the red one? And if I'll say, oh, I like the red one because of X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, yeah, this red one's really great. And then she'll be like, 
Well, no, but like, you know, you see why the blue one's like better, right? Here's this yeah. long explanation of like why the blue one's better. I'm like, yeah. okay, so why don't you just tell me like, hey, I like this blue one. Like, yeah, I and know. So now gosh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like blue's great. <laughs> <laughs> but that's her. That's what she wants. But it's, it's funny that we do do that. Um, it gives us like this sense of security of like, okay, somebody else. I mean, at the same time too, you know, trusting your gut and, and knowing what feels right. Yes, you go for that. But having people in your life, and it doesn't have to be a million people, but like a mentor, not even a coach, it can be just someone who you go to for advice who might be able to say, hey, you want to quit your teaching job? Yes. Um, Do you have any money saved? Or like, do you need benefits? Or, you know, X, Y, and Z where it's, hey, let's help you devise a plan for this. So you don't, you know, leap before you look. I'm a leaper before I looker first thing. I'm definitely... Yeah, no, I'm definitely the type of person that's like seeking advice wherever I can. I didn't talk about her, but there actually was somebody who helped me when I was like leaving teaching and going into fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a big deal at Peloton now, but um, nice. she she was a basketball player and we connected over that because I used to play basketball. And then she was a teacher and principal. And then she went into the New York fitness scene and at the time we met through a mutual person at soul cycle and, and via Instagram. And then she was like, we need to connect because like we're so similar. And she was so incredibly great. And I think it's just like having people in your corner who've like been there. It's, mm-hmm. it does change the game in anything that you do. Like, you know, you and I like trying to do like the entrepreneur thing or, you know, making whatever doing podcasts, like you got to just like use your resources. And I think connections are everything in life. And like you said, yes, it is like the validation, but also like when you're taking advice from a trusted source, I do, I think there's a little bit more weight to it than just like, please validate me that this is the right move for me. You know? Yeah. I like what you said, a trusted source. So go, like if you are going for that affirmation, don't, first of all, don't go for affirmation because if it feels right for you, like yeah. nobody else is in your shoes. Nobody else yeah. knows your situation, but go to somebody who's going to be able to give you good sound advice on how to do that in a way that's going to set you up for success. Not, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, that sounds good because I know you want to do it. Sure. Yeah. You know, and or somebody who's going to say, no, you're crazy. And then now you're second guessing yourself just because yeah. they're a random and that's person. why that's why you can't ask too many people their opinions because which I've gotten myself in trouble with that too because then you start thinking about the one person who thinks it's a bad idea or whatever mm-hmm. except for like the other five people who maybe know you a little bit better um who are telling you that it is a good thing yeah yeah so that's where trusting your gut and being decisive is usually good right which I'm learning. <laughs> yeah it's a it's definitely a learning curve you know there's yeah. always that like voice in the back of your head that's like, oh my gosh, like, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And one thing I love, I read it in um, Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek. I I didn't even read the whole book. I think I made it to page 30 when this exercise comes up. It was when I was, um, I was actually going through a divorce the same time. And I was miserable at my dental hygiene job. Like, mm. wonderful team, wonderful boss. He's a great dentist. But I'm like, I'm just not meant. I was not put. My soul is not going through all this shit that brought me here so I could, like, pick shit off of people's teeth my whole <laughs> life. Like, that's just not my purpose, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just not it. And so one of my friends had sent me this book, The 4-Hour Workweek. He's like, I think you're like this. And um, I read, it got to the part where it talks about the worst case scenario. It's like, what is 
the absolute worst case scenario, you yeah. know, of like, you know, you, you paint this picture of your dream, right? What is your vision? What do you want to do? And at the time I was actually teaching cycle for another company and I wanted to become a master trainer and go around and train everybody and write a book. And it's like on a scale of one to 10, how amazing would that be? Oh my God, it's a 10 hands down. Right. Okay. In order for you to do this, um, what do you need to do? Okay, well, I would have to quit my dental hygiene job and live on my salary with this cycle company and dedicate time to writing, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, worst case scenario, what happens? Well, dental, I was, again, very lucky in this situation. You can get a job anywhere. Like, it's so easy to get a dental hygiene job. So I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, I would just, like, grovel back to my old boss who would take me back in a hot second or find a new job. And, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is that? And then I was like, honestly, it's a two if I'm being dramatic. And yeah. so he goes on and, and it ends with, well, why are you risking a 10 for a two? And I literally read that and I quit my job the next day. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm out. My boss is like, that's, what? That's, a, that's awesome. That's a great way to look at it, too. And it's funny because I think we all do that in our heads, but we don't like, I don't know, like rationalize it that mm-hmm. way. Because like when I thought about it, I was like, well, I can get a teaching job whenever I want. So like if I have to go back to teaching, I'll go back to teaching, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's how it is, but you don't, but so it makes making the jump, the leap a little less scary. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, why are you sacrificing a 10 for two? That's awesome. I'm going to start telling people that. Honestly, I'm also like the biggest proponent for telling people to quit their job. Like some (laughs) people like don't, um, you know, I was like talking to one of my friends, like cousins a while ago and he was like 20 and I was like, quit your job. I was like, just quit your job. And then she's like, what the hell? And I was like, <laughs> well, you know, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like he goes and gets another one. Like, yeah, he was talking about like what his dream was. Um, and I was like, you're so young. Just like make it happen. We're also like in this era of like millennial slash Gen Z, like mm-hmm. jobs are just not as traditional as they once were, yeah. which I think is so exciting and so amazing. And I just like, why are you wasting time in your precious life um, being so unhappy? Like that's, I just had to ask myself that. And like my life changed significantly when I quit. Like, and like, I don't know if you felt this way, but when you quit like dental hygiene, if you just felt this huge weight lifted off of you, the second I sat down with my principal and was like, I am not returning next year. I literally left and was like the happiest I had been in so long Yeah, because I was like, I'm free. Like it was crazy. Yes. And you, you literally do feel like yourself and just so light. And, and then that's not saying, Oh my gosh, like, what do I do now? Like all those questions are still there, but you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much energy was being sucked out of me doing the thing that was wrong for me. You know, honestly, right. You're li- the yeah. same pertained to my marriage. It was the same thing, you know. I'm sure. But it's just, um, and it's funny because people are always like, oh, my God, Meg, if you coach, the, like, if you coach the whole world, everyone would be divorced and have no jobs. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> no, no, no. That's just my situation. But No, I think maybe they just wouldn't settle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think I th- that's like my soul cycle quote, which is so silly. But, like, yeah. I used to have it on, like, a necklace because I just, like, once I started really, like, like walking the walk of all or walking my talk. I don't know what the hell I'm saying, but you know what I mean? Um, That I just was, I was really big on telling people like, stop settling in your life. You know, like you see people settle all the time and like jobs, relationships, where they live, like all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And like you and I kind of talked about this um, before we came on here and like with the cookie cutter part of life, it's just like, there's no 
straight line for you or no direction that you actually have to follow. Like you can create that fork whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like too many people are scared to do it because they are afraid of what people will think or they, you know, think that that's what they're supposed to be doing yeah, um, because of society or some shit. Like I've been in a relationship for 10 years. We are not engaged yet. Do I get asked every day why? Yes, it's annoying. Um, And also like, I'm 31 years old, not married, don't have kids. Like, you know, when I was 16, I thought by 24, I'd be married with children. Right. With and I'm two, so two fucking glad I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if it's selfish or what it is, but I just think you have to live your life for you. And yeah. if you are looking for a partner, you have to find somebody who's going to compliment you and like make you better and grow with you. That's why I'm fortunate that like the person I'm with, like we've endured 10 years because we've been willing to challenge each other and grow together. Yeah. But like you said, like if that's not for you, like, you know, don't settle for that. You yeah. Know? Right. And I think that was, I, Oh my God, my soapbox. Let me come off. I that. love, I love that. No, let's, let's stay on it. I'm coming up too. Um, I think I love what you said about, you know, millennials and Gen Z, where I think Gen Z's eyes are open a lot more to opportunities and sure. kind of like being opportunist in that. But millennials, at least what I see in coaching, there's like this hard kind of spot of like, oh my gosh, I see this light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't trust it because like the young kids are doing it and they're like, wait, how are you a millionaire and you're 25? Or how are you like going to Thailand <laughs> yeah. for three months and you're 22? You know, literally, it just doesn't make sense because there's still this fear based. Um, you have to work for 40 years. You need insurance. You need this. You need a 401k. Um, this traditional approach to work. So here we are millennials. We've been working for 10, 15 years and it's like, ugh, I don't like this. Like you teaching, you're like, these people are miserable and they're 20 years older than you. You're like that is literally me in 20 years. I'm going to yeah. be miserable. And yeah. if you were to look at the exact trajectory of your life where you had like nothing was going to change with you teaching, like nothing's going to change with your job. That is literally the trajectory. You look at people who are 20 years older than you and miserable. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. going to be me unless something changes. You change that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. being open-minded to, hey, um, yeah, guess what? When I told my parents that I cycle for a living, they're like, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, I'm a life coach. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> you yeah. know? And just being okay with, hey, this is right for me. Mm-hmm. So let's just take one small step. Because, and this is my soapbox, I guess. But going back to the whole like worst-case scenario thing, you know, hey, worst-case scenario, you quit your teaching job. Um and, you know, you go to SoulCycle, it doesn't work out. Worst case scenario, what do you do? You get a yeah. teaching job. Mm-hmm. Had you never made that leap, you would mm-hmm. be living your worst case scenario. Yeah. Like, why are you just willing to just live your worst case scenario? Yeah, it's so true. I love that so much. It's so good. Um, it's funny. My boyfriend's mom, actually, like when I was like really trying to like figure out what I was doing with SoulCycle and all this stuff you know, we're still in the age, like I'm a millennial, you're a millennial. And, um, it was like, go to college, like go to high school, go to college, yep. graduate, get a job in your degree. Like the whole, like what Gen Z is doing now, they're like, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to travel. And I'm, I'm like, first of all, how, but secondly, like good for you. <laughs> right. And, but they but you said their eyes are so just more open to opportunity and living a non-traditional life. Like when I had to tell my parents, like, yeah, so this is completely not traditional. Like I am going to be living in a city, which like I'm from like literally a farm town, like whatever. And I'm going to be 
doing this job random hours. I'm going to be working on the weekends. Like I'm going to be working on holidays. Like it's like this whole thing. But there, I don't know. It's so funny. What did, shit, what did you just say? You just said something that like sparked me wanting to talk about Gen Z. Where were you just? Oh my God, um, no. Okay, I let's back check. Oh my gosh. You know what? I think you're an Enneagram 6 is, is the... Um, <laughs> Because you have us wing seven, and I, I'm a seven, and we like live in the tangents, but then sometimes we can't remember how to get back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's um, see. Gen Z. Like, oh my gosh. They're just like opportunists. Like they. Yeah. They are, I guess, not really blinded by this traditional approach to like work. Right. You know, I guess like. I forget. Things it, are. It might come back to me if it does. I'll yeah. If, it, if it does, it was meant to be on the podcast. If not, yeah. we'll have to do a second one. But. <laughs> I'm down. Oh, gosh, I don't remember what it was, but it was something about people just living a non-traditional life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like the norm, you know? And granted, yeah. there's there's a lot of things that weren't there 15 years ago, right? Remote right. jobs, internet access. I'm telling yeah. you, like, I had dial-up internet in, it was like Juno.com or something. Like oh, Juno, my God. Where it would be yeah. like the little, like, you know, and yeah. you couldn't be on the phone when somebody was on the internet it was like ridiculous um but that noise triggering uh, i know Mm -hmm. right is it too soon no Um, no but things are different now it's like don't get trapped in that mindset of limitation when Mm -hmm. the limits like mean girls the limit does not exist you know (laughs) yeah no i totally agree um i don't know i lost it but it's it's really interesting and like you and I are doing it, which I think is really cool. Sometimes like I don't give myself enough credit for like mm-hmm. the decisions that I made. I'm sure you're the same exact way just because like you're always just like, okay, what's the next thing mm-hmm. um, or whatever. But like I just think there's just so many opportunities now and I feel like it, the world is starting to understand that. Like my dad, who's like so traditional and like in his sixties, like he's like working remote now from home like a few times because the pandemic forced people to realize like that actually is doable yeah, and like is honestly like kind of way better for everybody's like mental and just personal everything. Um, I don't know. I just, I just think non-traditional is kind of like the norm now. The new, yeah. The new norm. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, so we'll kind of go into this entrepreneurial journey that you're on, kind yeah. of like the next thing. It's like, hey, like, yeah. SoulCycle is like under wraps, like you got that. But like now, like, hey, like, kind of like what's next? Because I know a yeah. lot of people, I get honestly probably one one inquiry a day that's like, hey, like what do you think about this idea? And it's a candle, you know, special candles that they're doing or like this crazy uh, gym idea, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, how do you, how do you take that leap? Like what did, you know, like yeah. people are like, I don't know. I've never done this before. So there's so much beauty in not ever doing something before. Like you're doing something that you've never done yeah. before. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, I'll give like a really quick, do, should I like run it down? Yeah. yeah give us a rundown. Um, so basically last year I became, I, I think, I don't know what Enneagram this is, but I definitely have like obsessive personality. Like, <laughs> I want to be on Survivor. Like, it's, like, my thing. And I, like, because I became obsessed with watching Survivor. And I was, like, I'm going to be on the show. Is that on still? It's yes, like Survivor. It's crazy. 
46. It's been on for like 20 some years. <laughs> 43 just ended. It's insane. Oh my gosh. I was pretty um, close. Wow. I said 46. Hmm. Yeah, you are close. Maybe parents, I'll be I, on 46. Yeah, there you go. You can be group 46. Maybe that's, maybe that's why you said it. I know. It. Maybe. Um, we'll put it out yeah, there. Like, timing wise, it could. Um, so anyways, obsessive personality. So I started watching F1 last year, the show on Netflix, Drive to Survive, and immediately was in. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, hot dudes, cars, like it's like a very sophisticated, like rich sport. It's like so interesting to me. Yeah. And like, I'm not like shitting on NASCAR, but like I grew up thinking like those guys aren't athletes, which I think they are now I've learned, but F1's just like very interesting. So I became obsessed with it. Wanted to like rock the teams and like the drivers that I loved and I would go online and everything was so fugly and like loud and also just like just picture like big Red Bull signs and like logos and Ferrari. And yeah. I'm picturing and like the like, side of the car, but on yeah, a shirt. Pretty much. And like, and I get it. Like if you're, if that's the shirt you want to wear, that's great. But like we're in the era of like very trendy, minimal like clothes mm -hmm. or just trendy sayings. I don't know, you know, bubble letters on stuff, trucker yeah. hats, all that stuff. And, um, I kept thinking like all last year, like I bought a Ferrari hat and I wore it somewhere and I got shit on by like 10 people I know. They're like, do you drive a Ferrari? And I literally was like, it's because I like the F1 team. And then I was like, well, I'm never wearing that hat again. <laughs> and um, even though I do love it. I'm, it's I'm like sick. getting flashbacks of that one Friends episode with Joey and the Porsche. Did you ever watch Friends? Yes. yes. It's like... <laughs> The pusher. Yeah. 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 But I wasn't trying to claim that I drew, drove a Ferrari. So anyways, so I started thinking and I was talking to my boyfriend and I was like, I just see all these things in my head of like what I would want to wear, but it doesn't exist anywhere. And mm -hmm. I was like, what if I just created? He was like, you should just like make a few things, like see how people respond and then like go from there, which that idea then turned into me like literally creating a brand. Um because my whole idea was like I wanted to create like stuff that people would wear if they liked F1, but mm -hmm. that they would also wear even if they didn't care about F1 because it just like looked cool. Yes. Like, you yep. know how like Siegelman stable hats, mm -hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like everybody's wearing them right now. Everybody wants them literally just because they're cool. And that's like kind of what I wanted. So then I approached a friend, another girlfriend who like really likes F1 too. And she's like trendy. She's a little younger than me. And I felt like she'd be a good person to like bounce ideas off of and like be in it. And she hated, she hates her job too. Not that I hate my job, but like she's similar to some of she, She's just about ready earlier. for something else too. She, she wants know? to change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I approached her and I was like, hey, like this is my idea. Would you want to do it? And she was like, game. So now um, we have a brand. It's called Sunday Avenue. I wore the hat literally on purpose because I'm like, ah, yes. This is, this Shameless is a sample. Plug. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. I was literally um, admiring your hat earlier. And now I love I know, it even more knowing it's yours. I just didn't say anything. Um, so yeah, we, so Paddock is like where the, do you know anything about F1? Um, it's in Austin. They do have a Grand Prix in Austin, which I want to go to so bad. But, and yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Okay. And the cars. So, yeah, cars, fast cars. So paddock mm -hmm. is like where like all the cars are like kind of where the garage is. And like if you have a paddock pass, like you have a lot of money. Um, so we wanted to make like something that was like trendy. So this says like paddock social club. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. like if you saw someone wearing this hat on the street, my whole idea was like me as an F1 fan, I'd be like, where is that hat from? But somebody who's just like 
a Siegelman stable type person be like, well, I just want to wear that hat because it looks cool, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's called Sunday Avenue. We are launching, I believe in February. We're like really <gasps> on the so exciting. stages. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so sorry, that's like the whole, there's my sales pitch. Yeah. And, um, give us that website later. Sunday. Avenue. I know <laughs> I w- it's Sunday Avenue.co. No com.co. And all of our social media will be Sunday Avenue co, even though mm-hmm. it's just because Sunday Avenue was taken, unfortunately, but we're getting a trademark, so nobody come for me. There we and, be, right. Um, By the time this episode comes out, everything will already be in the bag. So okay, you're good. perfect. That's so exciting. So, But the whole idea is that like we want to create Sunday Avenue merch, which I know sounds silly because like everybody, like there's set active. There's all these things that are making like athleisure, sweatshirts, mm-hmm. whatever. But like we're like if we get in with the right people, the right niche to start with, especially F1, like yeah. that's, that's the dream. And I just like didn't realize until last year. Sorry, this is a very long winded answer. But I love it. I Soul Cycle. I don't know if they ever made it to Houston with this, but they were doing um, retail collections for each market. Yes, we had a short stint with that. So they came back with some ideas that people did not like. And I took it upon myself to like, be like I'm gonna design everything yeah there was a bucket so, hat situation that I just can't unsee oh you no. know yeah <laughs> so we did get a trucker hat here that I was happy about it's not exactly what I wanted but it's fine um so they did change a few things but like I sat down for like four days and like came up with like multiple sweatshirt ideas legging ideas like hats like sweatpants and I like was thriving I was so happy being so creative and then that kind of answered that where I was like okay I need to do this for like that yeah. one stuff See, um, and it, allowing it to evolve, like you start doing something like, yeah. hey, what are you like? Start here. Like, what are you passionate about? Yeah. What are you good at? Yeah. Two things. OK, great. Start there. And then you can evolve yeah. it into whatever. But that's a great starting point for yeah. somebody. And so. not that I'm like a graphic designer by any means or that I'll be able to like design our stuff forever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm so excited. And like, there's just, there's a very untapped market for mm-hmm. it right now. Like, for example, like I got on and couldn't find anything. Yeah. And then like F1, like it's only going to get bigger in the US because like now they're having a race in Vegas and like Brad Pitt's about to be in like a movie about it. So like, there it's like go. this whole thing. I'm in. But so, I mean, I, yeah, you had I me know. at Brad Pitt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I love that. So I don't know, but it's so funny because never in a million years did I think like, I'm going to be starting like a clothing brand. I don't even know if I'd call it a clothing brand. I guess it is a clothing brand, but yeah, yeah. an apparel sure. brand. Yeah. Never did I think that would be a journey for me. Mm-hmm. Never did I think I'd think it was so fun and thrilling, but like, it's one of those things where like I get home from teaching a class at soul cycle that I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And like, I'm excited to get on my computer and like figure out more stuff for the brand. Like, yeah. And that's just the type of person I am. And I, I don't know if it's just because like I need to switch up every few years in my life or what it is, but it's one of those things where I just didn't even question it. I was like, this makes me happy. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. And her and I are just, you know, pouring a lot of money into it right now. But hopefully there's, you know, a payoff. But, you know, what I would be so upset. It's kind of like what we were saying, like, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. We eat some money and we move on. Right. But say somebody else started doing this and I started buying from them, I'd be like, I could have done that better. Yeah. Or, Ooh, that's good advice for, for somebody. What can you do that you would be upset that somebody else did because you didn't? Right. You know? I mean, mm. oh my gosh. Like think about so many opportunities that are put in front of your face that you like are like, I'm going to stay in the safe, you know, the safe box. Like I think about like literally Peloton sometimes because like they weren't like, you know, just like this huge, crazy, whatever until the pandemic. But think about somebody who like 
you know, could have stayed wherever they were. And then they made that switch and mm -hmm. then they just like trusted it and built with it. Like you just never know what could happen. Right. And that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, yeah, worst case scenario doesn't work out. Best case scenario, we make some sales and it's great. Like even dream scenario, people in the paddock start wearing this. And then people are like, where did you get that? Like, yeah. But you just never know. And I would have been so mad if we didn't do it. And A, other people started doing it. Or B, I'd be sitting back being like, I wonder what would have happened if I ever like tried to do that. Because right. like so far, like feedback's been pretty good and exciting. So you just got to hit that right. Per like you just never know when something's going to like take off. It's kind of like these TikTok stars that, you know, they always are like post every video you want to post because like one could go viral and change your entire life. And mm -hmm. like, man, that is true. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like the leap of faith that you have to take in your life. Like that one decision you make could like literally change your life. Like me wanting to become a soul cycle instructor led me to, you know, mm -hmm. so many friends, like my best friend in my whole life. Now I met at soul cycle, which is crazy. Cause like making adult friends is like a whole, we could have a whole, Honestly, I don't have that. any adult friends that I have not met at soul cycle. <laughs> you know? It's true. It's true. And like, I have so many relationships because of that place. Like yeah. I worked my ass off to get senior instructor this past year. And like, that Congrats. was my goal. Thank you. Awesome. That was my goal from day one. And it's just like, you just never know where you would be if you like didn't put in the work and like try. You yeah. Know? God, I sound so preachy, but you know, I feel like this, <laughs> you know, I feel like I catch myself all the time saying things that could be on a middle school gym poster, yeah. like, you know, yeah. and, it's but it's sick. so it's, they're so cliche, cliche and overdone, but they're so true. Right. And cliches are cliches for a reason. Right. They stuck around. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are fear based. And when you when you look back and say, you know, what best case scenario, worst case scenario. OK, how workable is the worst case scenario and how likely yeah. is it actually to happen? You know, and just kind of I'm not saying get rid of the fear. I'm just saying shift it, because honestly, I think and maybe this is like the like sporadic like spontaneity chaoticness that has brought me to this point but if you're gonna fear anything fear regret yeah you know? fear not doing it I totally mm -hmm. I totally agree with you and that's how I felt when I left teaching too I was like think about what I'm gonna feel like if I continue to do this and feel this way like worst case scenario and I worst case scenario everything in my life so mm -hmm. this is so funny I think you're an anagram sex <laughs> I might be you know I've taken that a few times but I think I get something different every time because I probably I'll send you my test I, I'm like yeah, I'm just kidding I love sixes they're great um and that well it, what you just said um I wanted to share this quote it's well I don't know if it's like her quote I, I doubt that it is but her name's Jara she used to be a soul cycle instructor. I love her Jara okay. Bean. she's Jara Bean. have you yes. had her on the pod no, but that is a you great. Should. Ooh, I'm gonna reach out to her today. Now. Yes, she's amazing. Um, I know, I love her. Oh, she would be so, great on the pod. Good idea. So I met I met Jara through BBG. Mm, so mm. Jara and I like knew each other way before she started Soul Cycle. Before I started Soul Cycle. So when I was in training, like I took Jara a lot. Anyways, Jara has always said this thing. Um, at least I think of her when I hear it. It's feel the. Fe oh, sorry, let me start it. Versus it sounds good. <laughs> feel the fear and do it anyways. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Ooh, yeah. It's like, what you, it's like what you just said. It's like, you know, you're in the fear base. Like, you can't get rid of the fear, but you have to, like, set it aside. So she she just always used to say that, like, feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah. Because 
it's always going to be there no matter what you do. Yeah. The fear of not doing something, the fear of regretting something or the fear of like, what if like there's, it's always going to be there. So you just have to do it anyways. Right. I have goosebumps so. right now. I'm like, <laughs> but that's so true. It's like, do it anyway. Right. The action part of do it anyway. Right. What is yeah. the absolute worst case scenario? Like what is honestly the worst case scenario to me is like the regret of never knowing, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. And, and like ugh. nine times out of 10, you don't get back to the worst case scenario. Cause like right now someone says to me, like, would you ever go back to teaching? And I'm like, absolutely not. I would figure something else out before yeah. I got back to my worst case scenario, which Same. I think people also need to realize, like there's a lot of steps you will take to make sure that never happens. Yeah. You know? And a lot of, a lot of options, you know, yeah. because of the non-traditional, you know, work experience that's out there. There's, there's literally just so so many things that you can do that isn't the thing that you fucking hate to do that you think you are tra- like, yeah. are trapped into doing forever, right? And, yeah. and a lot of people, I think, too, will be like, oh, I've done this for so long, it's too late to to turn around. And it's like, okay, just because you've been miserable for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, does that mean that you should be miserable for the next 5, 10, 15, right. you know, yeah. 20, 40, 50 years? Yeah. Like, and I no. think because we're people on the other side of that, like misery, we can be like, don't keep doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot harder for people who sit in it to like, just be like, well, this is my life. And it's like, well, it doesn't have to be. So, yeah, I think, you know, you, you made a good point of, you know, what, what can I do that I'm passionate about? Right. You talked about that first. Like, what am I passionate about? Okay. Make a list of things. Um, what do I not want to do, right? Because yeah. that's it's funneling down to get the answer that you want. What do I not want to do? Okay, don't want to do this. I sure as hell don't want to do what I'm doing right now, right? right? Okay, don't want to do this. Let's narrow it down and get a little clarity around it. What uh, what do people come to me for? What am I naturally good at? What it, what it, Where is the need in the market for? You know, what doesn't exist yet? Be a trailblazer, right? Um, what doesn't exist yet that people would benefit from? You know, your clothing line. Like, I want to wear cute stuff, not really ugly stuff, and get called <laughs> out for not driving a Ferrari, you know? Yeah. Um, and kind of start there with, um, you know, figuring out, at least give you a little bit of direction on to what path to go down. Mm-hmm. Find a mentor or somebody to give you advice who you're not going for, just affirmation to, you know? Um, you want their actual sound advice and they can help you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm launching a merch line. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm dropping this fashion line because it's literally like clothing line that says expect good things. That's it. Because it's yeah. kind of my thing. I love um, but I don't know anything about fashion. I don't know anything about production. And it's like, who does? Right. Go to those people who yeah. that is. That's their... the life I'm living right now. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Who it's, can help me? You just, you just figure it out. Like it's overwhelming, but you just figure it out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You either figure it out or. You don't, and you stay where you are forever, and yeah. end up regretting. Oh my gosh, I could have done that, you know, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, but somebody I didn't. So somebody else, you know, my grandfather yeah. actually used to say that. He's like, I had the idea of bottled water, like years ago. <laughs> when then before, I have no idea when bottled water came out, but yeah, he claims that so he was much. the original like idea man behind bottled water. And he was that's like, awesome. I could have been so like wealthy and successful if I had just done it. So. 
You should have done it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> should have done it. But um, the good news is for everybody who's listening, you can still do it. You know? So yep. if you, I don't know, do you have any like final words of advice or wisdom or, oh, you know, man. if someone's on that, like think back to, okay, I'm about to quit my teaching job, but I'm really scared right now. And I don't know what's like exactly how this is going to plan out. Like, what would you have wanted? Like, what would you tell yourself in that moment? Or wanted to hear? Uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to steal a little bit of what you said because it's definitely resonating with me right now. And I think it's probably how I was making a lot of decisions back then, which is like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to say that all the time. Like, what is the worst thing that's, oh, my God, the thing came back to me. Oh, yay. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um. It's it's like sort of related, but even if it's not, we're it's meant to be in this podcast. Yeah, so at this moment. I said something about how I don't think I finished this thought. It was about how we were like, oh, millennials, we go to college, we do all this stuff, blah blah blah. Yeah, That's yeah. Like where I was following it, and I'll never forget that my boyfriend's mom used to be like, all you needed to do with college, because like you know, a lot of people still need to go to college based on like some jobs you need to get. Yeah, if you want to be She's a doctor, like, you do yeah. have to go to She's college. She's like, <laughs> you got the piece of paper. It's literally all she used to say to me. She'd be like, you got the piece of paper. It's all you need. She was like, you literally have a degree. A lot of people don't do anything in the degrees that they have, mm-hmm. like or and they don't do jobs that they have degrees in. Yeah. And she used to always just say to me like, you got your piece of paper. Like, who cares what your next step is after teaching? Like you did it. You got your degree. You did what. So that's like something that I was like trying to get to with the Gen Z Mm -hmm. or the, the, well, I mean, Gen Z are the people that are going through college now. It's just like, get it done. If that's what you need to do, or if that's the path for you, or that's what your family is like pressuring you to do. And then move on. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but then you can also, you know, take small steps. Like, whether you're finishing college or you realize you want to leave a nine to five job and you yeah. can't do it right away. Like, okay, I'm a college junior and I have one semester left or yeah. senior. Okay. At this point, like just finish it. Right. Finish it. Yeah. Um, or I want to quit my job, but I don't have any money saved up and no plan. Okay. So you can stay in your job, right. but still yep. work the plan like one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And then, Hey, three months, six months, a year down the road, yeah. maybe you'll be ready, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I just, it just, like, I love came that. Back I love that I it came back just in time um, too. <laughs> so, yeah. So what I would say is like, you have like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Because you don't want to regret the life that you're living for forever. And like, you just have to take a look around and think about your happiness. I think a lot of decisions that I've made in the past, like whatever, 10 years have came down to my happiness mm-hmm. and that's what life's about. Like, it's just not about pleasing society. It's not about pleasing your family. It's not, it's about living a life that you feel passionate about, that you love and that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if you're scared, everybody's scared. Yeah. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Literally do it anyway. Like anybody who's just like, I really want to quit my job. You, I, this is the other thing I always want to tell people, which we already touched on. Like, if you want it bad enough or you want to be out of your situation bad enough and you like, if you don't know what the thing is that you want, but you know what you don't want, Mm -hmm. you will figure it out. Like I just trust that like you will figure it out. Like trust is a big one. 
yeah, you got to trust your gut and you just got to know, like I knew the teaching wasn't right for me and I'm so happy. And like, I still say like, I'm a teacher just in a different setting. Like I think teaching was meant for me in a way, yeah. just not in a classroom with a bunch of 10 year olds. Right. Um, <laughs> so a traditional way of life is just not, was not for me, but sorry, that's a really long way to answer, but literally do it anyway. Do it anyway. And life is meant for a living. You yeah. Know? You don't, L-I-V-I-N, you don't want like, there's your, your Texas for you. Matthew I'm McConaughey. living apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to say I'm not yeah, from it, here. It feels funny to just be like, do it, do it, do it. Um, Cause there's a lot of things you have to think about before you do it. But um, you're always going to wonder what if I did that and you don't want to wonder that. Yeah. You know? Right. If you have a desire for something, um, there's a way to achieve it. Right. Yeah. Desire actually means from God or from higher power. Yeah. From sire right father whatever god i wish i could have wrapped that up with like a bow but it was like a, just a very long run on. no i i love it because <laughs> I, I love i just love tangents so much that's where like all the juice happens that's why like i never have the the set list of questions in right. my podcast yeah. that's good i'm always that's like good. it's an organic conversation and some people are like oh my gosh like you have to give me like questions like but what that's are you gonna what ask? makes you a good podcast host. like i think that's like if you have a guide sure but like yeah. i think I like I like having a conversation much more. Yeah, it's just like I call so. them conscious conversations because you just yeah. never know what Where like, it's this list of seven questions is going to yeah. ask you. And um, some people are like, "Oh my god, you just asked me a question that wasn't on the like the sheet," and I'm like, "Just go with it," you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then ends up being I'm a beautiful glad, I'm glad. conversation. I'm glad because then it happens more organically. Like I wasn't sitting here preparing. I wasn't prepared for anything you asked. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. I just and I appreciate that because I literally just threw these at you. I'm like, what advice would you give your your <laughs> previous self? And it's like, I don't know. Like, but it's it's real. It's real advice. Yeah. It's just like don't like I remember I remember reading that book and that feeling. And it's so funny because yeah. a friend, I talked to him, I don't know, we're still friends, years later, and I was like, you know, like you sent me the book. Yeah. And I quit my job the next day. He's like, yeah. okay, you're crazy. And I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah. But had you told me that like in the moment, I would have told you like, don't do that. Yeah. But it worked out. It worked out for me. Speaking of books, I'm going to say this really quick before yeah. we wrap up. I, before I quit, read the book, You Are a Badass by mm, Jen Sincero. Love that book. I want her and, to be on the pod too. And <laughs> I like, I was like, oh my, I am a badass and I deserve more. Um, I read that book and then the subtle art of not giving a fuck yep. is like one of the best books I've ever read in my entire mm -hmm. life. Um, and then also I'm like a big basketball fan. Tim Grover has a book. Do you know who Tim Grover is? Mm, he was, maybe. um, Michael and Kobe's trainer. Okay. Got he, it. He has a book called, he has two books, but he has a book called winning that if you're an athlete or you have an athlete's mindset, mm -hmm. I think it's worth reading because it's like basically his tools to how to win in life. Nice. But it's, it's I will not read that. ranked. Or, it's very good. And it's, well, it's interesting too because he like tells stories about like working with Kobe and yeah. Michael and stuff. Um, but I love like self-help books and motivational books, but like I really try to be somebody who doesn't just like depend on them. I like them for motivation, but I don't like them to just be like, well, I'm reading a new book today and it's going to change my life. Like that's right. not realistic. No, take your little nuggets yeah. and like put them to use, you know? But yeah, if you need a little push and people in your life aren't pushing you and you can't find it for yourself, like you are a badass is a great yeah. book if you're trying to. And you probably need uh, different people in your life. Just saying, ah, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, yeah. like honestly, the books are great. Yeah. But if you're like, oh my God, because I, I love that book. Um, 
and I walk away, you're like, I'm a badass. But then if you're surrounded by people are like, you suck, then you're not going to, that feeling's going to wear off. So I think, you know, having a circle of people who are going to support you, even if like, they're like, I don't know if this is the best idea, but I'm here to support you. You know, like if yeah. you're like gung ho on, I'm going to be a soul cycle instructor and quit my job and we ride bikes that go nowhere. And I don't know if I'm going to get it. Like you need people in your corner who are like, you got this. Go for you it. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fortunate it. to have that, which I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but honestly it, it came with um, removing a lot of people who weren't like that. So, you know, um, if you got a dream, you know, share it with people who are going to support you and help you, you know, yeah. not just tear down. Cause a lot of times People will tear your dream down just because they're miserable. Yeah. And that's where looking for this affirmation from people might like bite you in the ass because Mm -hmm. you don't know where they're coming from in their lens. So really just trust yourself. Feel the fear. Fear is not an indicator to stop. It's a it's an indicator that something is about to change. And that's okay. You know, being afraid is good because it means that you care and it means I, I, I think it's from Grey's Anatomy. It's like being good is afraid because you have something to lose, you know? Yeah. It's better Ooh. to have something to lose than to not have anything. Right. You know? Yeah. I was never afraid to go in and clean people's teeth for 10 hours a day. Yeah. I hated yeah. it, but yeah. it was never like, yeah. oh my gosh, what if I lose this? But the fear of change is natural and normal. And it probably, if it scares you, it's probably meant for you. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm. Yeah. Like that. Your dreams should scare you. They should. They really should because they're big, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. thank you so much for this <laughs> conscious conversation. This was yeah, awesome yeah. um, having you on. And I'm just so excited for Sunday Avenue to just take off and oh, anything um, I can do to support will definitely do. Thank you. And, okay, so if people, if people love you, where can they <laughs> find you? Where can I get my paddock? club yeah. you know i want to i yeah. want to at least like walk around austin and like at least look like yeah. I, I got go you to F- f1 um so instagram since if you type in my name my bigger instagram will definitely come up um i am callie x house so just sharing like more personal stuff so love instagram still and then for sunday avenue we'll just be sunday avenue co co across the board tiktok instagram and awesome. then sunday avenue.co and like I said, I don't. When will this episode come out? Do you know? Um, like mid February ish. So maybe okay, the yeah. So we'll be line will be we'll launched. be launching around then. Um, we're just like our first drop has like five things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited about it. So if you know anybody who likes F one, holler. If you just like trendy looking stuff, we have options for you too. Yeah. If you're not watching the visual of this, go to YouTube. My um, freshly launched YouTube channel. Check Yay. it out. How is adorable? And I'll and I'll be posting like TikToks and all that stuff too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I love this hat. Like I'm not a hat person, which is why my um, hair is red. So, uh-huh. um, it just, something happens to me when I wear a hat. I don't know yeah. what it is. People will look like, they're like, yeah. I don't know what happens, but you are just not a hat person. I just, so. I used to not think, I mean, I've always kind of worn hats, but like hats are just so in right now. So we're like mm-hmm. really, you know, jumping on that. So like we have this one that's like the white and green one. And then we have a trucker hat. Yeah. Um, Cause trucker hats are so in now too. I could maybe do a trucker hat. Yeah. The trucker hat's black. So. Okay. Yeah. You know, I love a good, like, I'm actually wearing green today because okay, I didn't want to blend yeah. into We're my both background. I know. It's a lucky day. I'm like, is it March? Was it St. No. Patrick's Day? Um, <laughs> Thank God, no. 
Yes. I was like, I, was like, I don't need it to be March already. No, it's crazy that January is almost done. It's it's nutty. But this hat would be perfect for like a St. Patrick's Day look. It you would know? be. It would be. But yes. Yeah. If you come out with anything, um, I'm happy to support anything that's not Thank a you. hat. Crocs or Birkenstocks. Those are the three things that just make me look like an alien on this earth. I'm like, I don't know. I wish I could rock them. I just can't. But, um, That's so funny. But yes, we will support you. And Appreciate so definitely um, check that out, Sendico. And I'm, I'm going to list all the tags in the bio so you can um, click on all those too to easily find you. And um, good news, I'll actually be in D.C. in a couple of months. One of my best friends oh, yeah. lives there. Yeah, yeah. And I will definitely be popping into your class. Yes, let me know. Just text me. Yeah. Yes. I will. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, check her out. And I guess, you know, I'll, I'll go into our little last little finisher. We'll okay. see if you rehearsed your lines or not. I know. <laughs> Did Maybe. you write it down on a post-it? <laughs> okay, okay, got okay, it. I got it. So if we could leave you with just one thing, it would be this. Expect, Expect good. good things. Oh, I didn't know how. Oh, wait, Sorry, do you want the on. dramatic pause? I don't know. Do you do the dramatic pause? You know what? How about you say it first and then... Yeah, you say it first. How would you say it? I was just going to like say it off like yeah. expect good things always and they will happen. Yeah, boom. Expect good things always and they will happen. I like it. I'm yeah. always here for to evolve. You know, I do like the dramatic pause every now and again, but <laughs> um, no, I like it. So okay. yeah, that's what we got for you today. Check her out. Check out Callie. Um, if you are in D.C., you have to ride with her. She's amazing. Senior Thank instructor you. at SoulCycle, entrepreneur extraordinaire. And <laughs> um, yeah, we just can't wait to see where you go. And we'll um, talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for having me and everybody who listened. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys.